strategy, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. is getting into the airplane business. Does the latest banking news make keeping your money under a mattress sound less crazy? And the latest announcement from the Pentagon all but confirms the monkeys are running the zoo. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we look at the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday March 17th, 2023. Signs of the Times is a weekly broadcast that's also a podcast. We don't know who we are, but we do know that this is episode 255 that you can find wherever you do your podcasting. Or watch us monkey for the cameras by going to Signs of the Times section at thewaymedia.net. That's also the same place where you can go if you have a prophecy question for Pastor Mark or if you want to read the articles that we discuss. And now, here to tell us that aliens are real, but humans are just fiction, is Pastor Mark, who, before he was saved, unfortunately, got arrested for stealing a complete set of encyclopedias. But he told the police, hang on, I can explain everything. (laughs) Actually... So you laughed. That okay. was actually I funny. Had the, you had the loser button. That I had the funny. loser button, a uh, loser horn I prepared. I can explain everything. Just give me time. Yes, just give me time. I can explain everything. <laughs> no, I like that. Okay, good. That was a good one. <laughs> I, that's one of your better ones. You, that, just so the audience knows, Greg had me ready. He said, this is going to be a loser. I've got my loser button. Go, I'm ready. No, that was, I kind of enjoyed that. Oh, that's good. That's a, Anyway. Anyway. Good job. All right. Well, thank you. All right. <laughs> Uh, that'll be reflected in my performance review. Yes. Okay. Uh, before we get into articles, uh, there is a subject that is not in our stack of stuff, but is yeah. in the news and uh, to talk about, and that is uh, Israel's situation with the Supreme Court and rumors of a civil war. Yeah. And I, matter of fact, I even heard rumblings about that yesterday. So please explain all of well, that. Well, I know our Signs of the Times listeners are prophecy people, so they're going to be keeping up with Israel and what's going on in Israel. As we know, Israel is really the kind of the, the that's the, that's the central piece for all prophecy. You want to, you want to know about prophecy? Focus on Israel because God does everything around his promises to the nation of Israel. Um, and this whole thing that's going on now, if you're hearing about it, Greg, you heard about it. Some of our listeners, uh, the talk of civil war in Israel, um, and, um, all the unrest with the courts and what's happening and charges coming against Netanyahu. Well, I wanted to give you an explanation of what's going on. First of all, it's not nearly as bad as you think in the area of civil war. There's nothing to worry about there. It is as bad as you think as far as the Supreme Court, if you're hearing anything about that. And it's not as bad as you think when it comes to Netanyahu. So we've kind of gone back and forth. There are rumors, again, they're trying to bring charges against Netanyahu to get him out of office. Every one of them are bogus. And all the authorities and lawyers and people around saying it's all going to fall to the ground. It's a waste of time. And truly, it sounds people, familiar, doesn't well, it? Well, here's, I want to, even before we get into okay. this, that's probably a good thing to say. <laughs> the very same demonic attack that happened to America is now happening to Israel. 
And, and what I mean by that, it's not about certain individuals and politicians. When no. I say, I'm saying there is a spiritual attack to bring down anything righteous, anything holy, anything that might be on closer to the Bible or what God would want, and to elevate anything that's not in that sense or whatever. And and a lot of things we've seen, Greg, that happened in America politically were led spiritually, and we're seeing the same thing in Israel. Well, and I would also say, too, Pastor Mark, that that same spirit is working against countries who have or want to have leadership that would stand up against the new world order. Exactly. And again, I go back to what happened to President Trump. Now, look, yeah. I'm, I'm not defending President Trump. I'm not making a political statement. So wherever you stand on him, that's your opinion. That's your viewpoint. I'm not going there. But here's what I'm going to say. Why was he so attacked? It wasn't just because he's, he's not exactly the, you know, the smoothest. He does some things that, that can bring attack on you. You know, he doesn't do things exactly in a way that's non-confrontational. But really the main attack that came against the president when he was in Greg was because he was opposing the one world order, which means you're opposing Satan. Satan wants this one world order. So he doesn't care whether it's a good politician or bad politician. He probably, he doesn't care whether it's a Republican Democrat. What he cares about is, what is the agenda? And so, again, you saw all these attacks coming against the president, and it was a spiritual thing, much yeah. larger than politics, because of where he was standing. Well, the same attacks are coming against Netanyahu, because he's now making a stand for conservative things in Israel, which promotes Israel as a nation and protects Israel as a nation. Satan is furious because he hates Israel as a nation, because he hates God, and God has made promises to Israel. And so because of that... Uh, there's all these just frivolous lawsuits and false accusations. And from insiders and someone in Israel right now that's telling me every bit of it's nonsense, it's going to come to nothing very quickly. It's even embarrassing the stuff they're trying to do, but it's to try to slow him down and get in the way. So if you hear about some of that, don't worry. At this point, if there's anything that looks you know, legitimate on that, those kind of issues, I'll let you know in the future. It looks like that's all bogus if you hear about that. Um, secondly, um, when it comes to just the, the issue of the courts over there, they're having the same issue there that we had here. And that is they're legislating from the bench. Uh, they're trying to make law hmm. from the bench rather than let the parliament, which they call theirs, the Knesset over there. Their Congress is called the Knesset. Right. And what they're doing, Greg, is a lot of people don't realize this. So I may shock you with this one. This is the first fully conservative government Israel's ever had since 1948 in 75 years. This is the first fully conservative government they've ever had. What do I mean by that? It's in, in America, if you elect a conservative, you have a conservative leader over the government, and they'll, et cetera. In Israel, you have all these different factions. You've got to put together 11 or 12 different groups that form your government. And if you can't put them together, they have to do another election. And then even though you won... You, you do another election, you may lose the next time. So what they've had to do in the past is compromise with all these different groups in order to have part liberal, or part conservative, part we would say part Republican, part Democrat would be the way we'd say it in America. So you have that mindset. All right. Well, when Netanyahu got in, the country was so mad about all the, the COVID stuff and the lockdowns and the masks, all the other things that happened, there was a swing really hard to the right. And they were able to put together a coalition of all these groups that were everyone conservative came together with this one government. And, and there's two things had to happen. Usually in the past, all the conservatives haven't jumped in there because they've had issues they wanted, like, let us build new buildings. Let us do this. And the, the leader, even though the leader may be a conservative uh, in that sense, like Netanyahu, um, he says, no, we can't do that because it makes America mad. And, and so they wouldn't work with him. So this time, Netanyahu just gave into all the concessions. He said, well, here's the deal. If we can get all you guys on board, we're going to build new things, even if America says no. We're going to do this, even if they said that. We're going to do whatever, okay? So they got on board. Now, that's good and bad. It's bad in the sense of it's going to turn it really, really, um, 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 you know, really hard one direction, 
and 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 be hard to you know it can be difficult in those kind of situations. And number two, it puts Netanyahu in a really odd place because he's got to follow through against even America and some other allies to do things, Greg, that in the past we've been able to shut him down on. And if he doesn't follow through, then that he loses their support and his government falls apart, right? And so what happens is though, here's the problem. The the Supreme Court is all we'd say Democrat or liberal if you want to put it in American terminology. So it doesn't matter what conservative things the, the Congress passes. They shoot it down, but they they can't legally shoot it down. So what they're doing is the Knesset is saying, here's the law. It goes to the to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court says, we don't care what the law says. We're overriding that. Well, that's illegal, but you can't stop them because they're the highest court in the land. So they're legislating from the bench and breaking the law, keeping conservative things from moving forward. So one of the promises that Netanyahu made and with all these conservatives came together, he said, when we get in there, we're going to change this. We're going to go in and change the laws and rules surrounding the Supreme Court so they can't stop the law from passing. Okay, you can be the Supreme Court, be it. Yeah. But you can't be the Supreme Court and the Knesset. Stop it. So now the battle has begun. Well, that's causing the left to blow their minds. It's causing Satan to blow his mind. And so all these rumors are spreading. Lawsuits thrown at Netanyahu like crazy. Wow. Now now a very small minority of Israelis are going, there's going to be civil war. Everybody get their guns. We're going to fight. But here, so that's the where largest that, yeah. majority of Israel is on is on the side of the government right now. They do not want civil war. There will not be civil war. If somebody rises up and causes a problem, the government will be put down quick. The government will probably squelch them yeah. very quickly. So don't be afraid of civil yeah. war in Israel. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. There's not going to be a problem with that. Netanyahu is not going to get convicted of anything. He's going to be fine there. And they're just trying to now revamp their entire uh, judicial system so that they can actually do some of the things that they voted to do, that they put in law to do. The last 35 years, Greg, it's been 35 years, a totally uh, a liberal um, a Supreme Court, and they've just shot down even the laws. So w- that's when you see the unrest going over there politically, talks about civil war and all these things. It is just, I believe, a demonic attack by the enemy trying to stop God from doing some things he wants to move forward with in the nation of Israel. God will do what he wants. The enemy's going to scream his little head off. Uh, there's going to be people threatening things. So I want you to understand from the inside what's going on over there and have a little bit of a heartbeat. So when you hear these things in the news, relax. And, and ultimately, God's in control of everything anyway. But that's why the tensions are there. The same thing we had here in America. Yeah. I just pictured you doing a uh, Yosemite Sam impersonation, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, of Satan, of, 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 of Satan Ooh, being all yeah, upset, yeah. you know. That. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, we need to have a little soundtrack of that. That's or whatever. Right. But again, you know, here's the thing we have to remember. God will do what he wants. God allows Satan to get away with some of these things, but he is an absolute total control. And we're going to see that more Sunday when we get into Daniel chapter 11 with our fellowship. Look at how detailed God was in every little detail, way in advance. God knows everything. He controls every day, every yeah. movement, every leader, every moment. And regardless of how crazy it seems to us, we have to recognize our God is in control. He's running all of these on the throne. He will control and protect Israel. But Israel's in good hands. Yeah. They don't know God yet, but he knows them, and yeah. they're in good hands. Yeah, You know, that uh, brings up a, a good point, Pastor Mark, that you mentioned. And I want to share this with our listeners, especially those listeners that do not attend our church but are prophecy peeps uh i encourage you to uh, visit the waymedia.net click on calvary knoxville and go to the current sunday a.m series pastor mark is working verse by verse through the book of daniel and we're going to start chapter 11 but you can clearly go back to the beginning and it's a wonderful uh, exposition 
of a very important prophetic book yeah. uh, when it comes to end times Bible prophecy and the things that you just learn uh, along the way that have nothing to do with prophecy but just have to do with life and submission and love for the Lord and and uh, resisting the culture. And uh, there's a lot of good there that comes out of the book of Daniel, not yeah. just prophecy. So That's I right. encourage you to do that. And while I'm at it, I will also plug uh, Pastor Mark's last uh, Wednesday night study uh, where he was working through Jeremiah uh, chapter 44, but God redirected him in the midst of that chapter to talk about God's divine order when it comes to submission and authority structure and and also hitting on uh, women teaching in the church because that is a big uh, cultural issue right now within the church yeah. and Rick Warren and the SBC and, and other churches that are now who never were before promoting uh, women in the pulpit. So Pastor Mark does a great job exposing that as what God's Word has to say about all of that. So we encourage you to check that out. You can get that at the same place at thewaymedia.net, and then just click on Calvary Knoxville, and you go to the current Wednesday or midweek series and find that there. That's right. Let's get into some Ezekiel 38 in 39 News. This is from jpost.com. Iran is to buy Su-35 fighter jets from Russia. Uh, and so now they're going to get into the airplane business. Yeah, well, again, you know, it's interesting, too. We keep you guys updated. We talk about the gr- growing alliance between Iran and uh, Russia because they're going to be linking together to come against Israel. And uh, I don't want you to get Iran news fatigue. But, again, I think it's important you see these articles in brief. I'm going to briefly mention these because you're watching this greater military alliance and supplies now shifting to Iran, connected to Russia. We know it's leading toward that invasion where they're going to come into Israel there in the north. It says Iran has reached a deal to buy advanced Su-35 fighter planes from Russia. Iranian state media said on Saturday, expanding a relationship uh, that has been uh, seen Iranian-built drones used in Russia's war on Ukraine. The report did not carry any Russian confirmation of the deal. So they, Russia hadn't come out and said we're going to do it, but I mean, it looks like they're doing it. Uh, the details, they need the money. Yeah, the, the details have not been yet disclosed. The mission said Iran has also inquired about buying military aircraft from several other unnamed countries, um, according to this report. So, again, Iran is building up their military. They probably have enough uranium for their own bomb now. Russia is supplying them with more fighter jets. Um, Iran is just looking for delivery systems, which they now have rockets that can deliver those bombs. Remember, you can have a bomb, but if you can't deliver the bomb, you've got problems. So Russia, I mean, Iran now has purchased, they now have the ability to, to send rockets that will send the delivery system of these weapons as well as you know again if you do something near um, america's shores i mean if you can fly a balloon from china over america and and we let that happen you certainly can get a submarine close enough to shoot a nuclear missile as well and i'm, I'm not saying that to bring you great comfort um <laughs> tongue-in-cheek there i'm just saying that you know they can probably find other ways to to make a delivery if they wanted to of a weapon but we're seeing this growing alliance it's going to lead toward them moving on israel and that's going to be such an amazing day when god just obliterates those armies i again i don't know if we'll be here for that battle or not Greg, but either way, whether watching it from down here or heaven, it's going to be an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, it really is. And we'll keep our eyes on this because, again, you know, Ezekiel is a, is a I guess it would be the, 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 the pin in the grenade, so to speak. It re- they really are, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're looking at the, That's a big deal. Uh, that's it, kind it, of the it's, real, a, it's a big deal to usher in the rest of the end times prophecies. Yeah, it really is. So that's going to be a real gauge. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. 
All right, let's get into some One World Economy news. Um, This first article, Pastor Mark, is from the Washington Examiner. It's talking about the SVB collapse. Bank fallout shines spotlight on a $620 billion, that's billion with a B, hole in our banking sector. Now, is that... The U.S. banking sector, because we know when we're talking about prophecy and we're seeing some of this financially in terms of it uh, being uh, in effect globally, yeah. um, is this just for the U.S. or is this around the world? Well, what it does is because the uh, the world's based on the U.S. dollar, it is U.S., but it means it is. But it's affecting. Yeah, the entire world. I want to talk a little bit about this. It's the Silicon Valley. Most people have heard about the Silicon Valley bank collapse. I want to read a little bit of this article and yeah. talk, talk for a minute about this. Um, again, it says the fallout from the Silicon Valley bank collapse has directed attention to a $620 billion ticking time bomb. I'll explain that in a moment in the banking system that has the potential to spell doom uh, for the financial system. SVB's uh, meltdown was partly caused by a chasm between its assets and what they were worth in the market. Eventually, they sold some of those assets, spooking investors and triggering a run on the bank. A run on the bank, everybody goes to get all their money out. Well, then they don't, they don't carry that much money in there to give everybody their money. So if everybody goes and wants to get their money, it's like it's a wonderful life and that whole thing, and the bank closes down. It says, but this bank isn't alone. As banks across the United States were sitting on a $620 billion in unrealized potential losses at the end of the year. The reason for this predicament, here's the key, is that banks compiled a plethora of bonds and treasuries when the interest rates were hovering near zero. Remember, they dropped all the interest rates down. And all the banks, wisely, at least on paper, shifted everything to bonds and treasuries in the government because basically you're not paying hardly anything on that money. You can use your money to make money, but you're not paying big interest on that. And that was a wise thing in one way. But then when you put all your money there and you lock it up in bonds and treasuries that you can't get out for years, and then people start coming to get their money today, you see the problem? Mm -hmm. I can't get your money for another 10 years. I want it today. (laughs) I can't give it to you. We're closing down. And so this was, uh, again... What happened was uh, the Federal Reserve began jacking up the rates in an effort to combat inflation, which was caused uh, many of those uh, assets to plunge in value. So as the rates go up, they're losing money in what they were trying to put their money rather than gaining that and be able to use that money. And plus, they don't have access to that money. Uh, the higher interest rates means the new bonds accrue higher rates of returns for investors. As a result, older bonds have comparatively lower rates of return, rendering them desirable, for, uh, less desirable for investors and therefore triggering a plunge in the value of the older assets. That's where the $620 billion, you know hole comes in. So uh, the bottom line is, just kind of lay out what's happening here, is that you've got a situation where the banks across America have taken the money they had, and they've put it in all these investments, right? And now um, when the investments aren't that good anymore because interest rates are changing, um, they're losing money, and people are coming to get their money. And they, if they find out they're losing money, the banks are going to start kind of shift, pulling what they can out of th- certain things. And then people hear about it, panic to come to get their money. The bottom line is, people can't get their money, and banks start shutting down. And that's what happened in the, the Silicon Valley. There was another major bank that fell shortly after that. And Greg, the problem is, I think the process has begun. Now, I don't want to start a bank run here. No, p- enough people don't listen to this. We don't have enough listening to this program to start a bank run. Um, and I'm not saying that the banks of Knoxville are about to go under. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if people get nervous and they start shifting their money from the smaller banks to the larger banks to protect it, you're going to see a collapse. Now, now why would they do that? Okay, let's think about this. Right now in California, if you're smart at all, and you're a millionaire, billionaire, even small amounts of money, 
you are going and taking your money out of the smaller banks and you're looking for some worldwide larger banks so that if the little ones go under, you've got a greater stability. Now, that's going to create a situation where all the smaller banks in all the regions around America are going to start shrinking in their assets. If people start taking out more than's there, they're going to start closing. Right. So you see, this this can start a snowball type thing happening. And ignorance can also create paranoia. Yeah, and so, and at the same time, what happens is, is that, you know, as all this money shifts over to the larger banks, there appears to be, Greg, almost an intentional shifting of the monies by our government. They're wanting the monies to shift from the smaller banks into five or six of the larger banks so that everybody has all their money in five or six of these large banks. And that way, all the money is centralized and more easily controlled by them. They can keep it from collapsing longer. They can use it for how they want, et cetera. And so when you let some of these banks, and get this, here's what uh, uh, Yellen did here recently, which is over the Treasury. Uh, she was asked in the last, what, this week, the last few days, I saw the video. Uh, she was asked, well, are you going to bail every bank out? They bailed out this bank, right? By the way, this bank was a bank that had a lot of, of California millionaires and billionaires money in it. So there's a lot of, <laughs> and this bank was also a large uh, democratically donating bank. They donated some 63, uh, I think, billion dollars to the Democrat Party. Billion with a B? I think Mark? billion with a B, yes. Wow. Yes, so you can check my homework on that. I think I'm right on that. Wow. And um, I don't know over what period of time. Sure. But the reality is, because of that, um, they're saying that's probably why they were bailed out. It's like, okay, mm. these are our buddies. They're in trouble. We're going to help them. But, Greg, it set a precedent. Here's the problem. Yeah. Once you set the precedent of bailing that bank out, then the question comes up, well, what about all the rest of us? It was kind of like when they said we're going to pay off all the student loans. What about the people that already took the loan and paid it off? Are you going to pay them back? Yeah. Okay? So so, so what happens is now they're saying, and, and Senator Hawley asked um, a Yellen, Oh, well, what happens if there's Senator Hawley or another senator, it um, may have been one of those two anyway, asked her the question, are you going to bail out every bank? And her answer was no. She said, we're not. She said, she said, she said basically no, but here's how she said it. That's up to the board and those that are in power in that position yeah. and, and me working with the president. We'll decide who. The problem is you've already said you're, 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 you're handpicking the ones I'll bail out, the ones I won't bail out. Right. And that doesn't give any confidence, Greg, to you and I when we have, you know, our money in Joe, Joe's bank of Knoxville. We want to get that money in some place that's not going to collapse and they know it'll be backed up, but we don't have that guarantee. So it's going to force everybody eventually to the larger banks, which I'll get to the reason why in a moment, but go ahead. Well, uh, let me ask you this question because there's a difference between bailing out a bank. Right. In your individual deposits being insured by the FDIC up right. to 250000 So explain if we're talking about one and the same or we're making a differentiation. Yeah, we need to make a differentiation. Again, you're, you're only insured up to a certain amount where the government says, yes, we'll pay you that money. But I'm saying, what if, what if you lost $2 billion? Right. Then you don't get it. You you get two hundred and fifty thousand, and, that's, and it. that's it, and that's it. So so that's not bailing the bank out. That's okay. just keeping their obligation. That, I'm talking for the about, depositor. Yes, I'm talking about when they did the bailout. They gave them every penny they needed from from taxpayers. They took our money and gave it to the people in, in California to say, "Here's all your money back. You've been donating to our party. You've been doing this, but we're not going to do that for every bank. What, what if a, a bank collapsed that say was donating large amounts of money to a Republican thing? I guarantee you they wouldn't have bailed that bank out. They just said, "Good. I'm glad those Republicans went broke. Let's get them out of the out of the way." But the problem is, you can see the political aspect of that. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is, though, now you set a precedent, we're only going to bail out certain banks. That creates, Greg, a nervousness and a fear in everybody that's worried about their money. Because if they think, like, who's going to bail out my bank? Nobody's going to bail out First Tennessee. Okay, They're not going to bail that out. 
So if you've got all that money for Tennessee and it goes under the same way that SVB went out, you get your 250 if you've got that in there. Otherwise, you don't. And that's it. And some banks, I think, are only up to 100000 But either way, so it's going to cause people over time, as they think about it and figure it out, you watch. I'm telling you, you're going to see all these banks, people are going to be and take their money out. They're going to shift them to larger central banks. And Greg, I believe this is the overall world government plan. As they're putting together the world governing system right now, which countries are working together to do, they're wanting to make a digital coin. They're wanting to centralize the money, and if you can centralize all the money from the smaller banks into larger banks, that is a much easier starting point to shift it over into digital money than to you know the other way. So I think there's going to be a push as much as they can to get it that direction in the in the larger banks, and this could this could be very very uh, interesting you know in the coming days. Yeah, well that game plan that you just laid out, Pastor Mark, uh, fits very nicely I think into our next article from Yahoo.com where it talks about the Federal Reserve is to launch an instant payment service yeah. called FedNow yeah. in July. Yeah. And so explain this. Well, FedNow, let me read some of it. The, yeah. the Federal Reserve said Wednesday will launch its, its long-awaited instant payment service FedNow in July. The instant payment network will settle payments in seconds with the capability to support customer-to-consumer, consumer-to-merchant, merchant-to-merchant, and bank-to-bank transactions. And I quote, with the FedNow service, the Federal Reserve is creating a leading-edge payment system that is resilient, adaptive, and accessible, said Tom Barkin, uh, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond, uh, of the FedNow program's executive sponsor. And I go on with this quote, the launch reflects an important milestone in the journey to help financial institutions serve customer needs for instant payments to better support nearly every aspect of the growing economy. Now, Greg, it's interesting. You brought up the point that it looks like maybe a competitor to this digital coin, and it may be. It may be something working in conjunction long term. Well, to the with central digital, bank digital currency. Yes, with yes. the central bank digital currency. Here's what we do know: we're leading toward this digital currency and toward a one monetary system. The Bible talks about it in Revelation 13. Uh, as well as uh, uh, the one world economy that we see in Revelation 18 that's going to be judged and brought down at that time. But it's interesting, Greg, because I want to give our listeners a little bit more insight of what's going on behind the scenes, uh, because they already are, they're working on this quantum dot technology. They're working on right now something in the central banking system that will link all this together, the digital currency. And we'll talk more about this later with other articles, but it, it applies here. Uh, they're talking now about coming up with a what they call the quant as the name of the new digital currency. So they've already named it. They're calling it the quant, and they're saying it comes from quantum dot technology, and they're already talking about the way they're going to be able to enforce that, which we'll get to again at a later article. But these things are already behind the scenes uh, underway, and it has to do with the Mark of the Beast in Revelation 13, with the article we'll get to in just a bit. Um, but th- the reality is, um, you know, it's going to go digital. Now, here's the thing about uh, the digital. I, I, you know, a lot of people, and Greg, I, I want to make sure when I say this, I'm, I'm taking a little moment on this because I wanted to anyway. I am no financial advisor or counselor, so don't don't base your finances off anything I say. But I want to share a couple things to think about. A lot of people are talking about put all your money in gold and silver, so if the economy collapses, you'll be able to buy things. Well, let's stop for a minute and think about that. You're not. How are you going to be able to use gold and silver coins to go buy things? I don't think if you show up at Kroger with a gold or silver coin, they're going to take it. Um, now they might, but if you've got a ten dollar coin, if you could find them that small. And you need a loaf of, and all they have left is a loaf of bread. You're going to be handing out ten dollars a pop for a loaf of bread. You're going to be maybe handing out hundred dollar coins for for a, you know a, 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 for anything. You say, yeah, but at least we can survive. I'm saying I don't know that the answer 
is running to gold and silver and having a bunch of that to go shopping with. I think the answer is you might want to look toward growing a garden, setting aside some food and water, and become self-sustaining on your own. However, if you have, say, you know, a large asset, you have $100,000 you don't want to lose when all the banks go under, that might be for the large investor, buy some gold, silver, put it somewhere. You're not going to make any money off of that, okay? It's going to pretty much hold its value, but then you've got something if everything comes back. But I say, I don't, I, I think that we need to, to really focus more on making community with those around us, yeah. looking toward gardening and being prepared to sustain ourselves. I don't think gold and silver coins is the answer. Well, let's talk about gold and silver for a minute, Pastor Mark, because the Bible talks about it. That's right. In relation to the end times in Revelation, right. talking about at some point, gold and silver will be worthless That's right. to the point the people will be throwing it into the streets as, right. if it's, as if they are rocks. Almost out of anger. Just a- out of it anger. Out. It's worthless. It'll be worthless okay. during the Great Tribulation. Okay, now, I was going to say, so let's take a look at the prophecy timeline. When yeah. is that going to happen? Yeah, that's a great question. That doesn't mean that you can't be wise with gold and silver up until the Great Tribulation. But the point is, yeah. if you're thinking that gold and silver is your future to last you forever and ever and ever, no. It's going to get to a point, the Bible says, that it'll be your gold and silver will be worthless. And as Greg said, literally, the Revelation says they'll be throwing it out in the streets uh, because it's worthless. Um, and so that doesn't mean there can't be some use for it now. I guess what I'm saying is use balance. I wouldn't think, okay, I'm going to run out and buy gold and silver and now I can buy all my groceries because it's going to be hard for you to show up at the gas station and buy gas with gold and silver coins. It's going to be hard to show up at Kroger and buy food with gold and silver coins because our system doesn't operate on that. Our system operates on the quant by that point, if that happens or whatever they shift to the digital currency. But I think that if you can grow a little garden, Maybe some little uh, things in the windowsill that you can grow things at home or whatever and have some, you know, learning to be a little bit more self-sustaining. I think it's going to be a much wiser approach for the Christian and really anybody that's hearing this broadcast than throwing a lot of money in gold and silver. However, as I said, uh, there is some long-term sustainability to your money in gold and silver if the economy comes back. But with that said... Greg, I feel like we're so close to the return of the Lord. Even if you retain your, some of your value in gold yeah. and silver, you're going to be out of here leaving it for somebody else unless you don't know the Lord. Well, so. can we can we zoom in on that great tribulation for a minute yes. if you're able to do this yes. in the timeline? Because to me, the first thing that comes to my mind is if at the point that they're throwing gold and silver into the streets right. is being worthless, almost sounds like that's the time when the Antichrist makes taking the mark of the beast to buy and sell goods mandatory or otherwise it's death. So I don't know exactly where that is in the timeline of things, and maybe the Bible isn't necessarily clear on that point in particular. I mean, some things for us are very linear, and then some things are like, okay, maybe they're floating a little bit. So I don't know if that particular statement is a floating statement or if it coincides with him saying that he will cause both small and great to take the mark. Yeah, you know, the timing, Greg's hard. You're asking for timing. I don't know that I can nail down what the timing is of that. I just know that at some point it's going to, it's going to become so obvious that even gold and silver, I mean, you might say, again, it might be those people, Greg, that are storing up all this gold and silver. And then once you go to the quant, once you go to the digital, and they say, no, you can't use gold and silver anymore because they want to control everything. At that point, your gold and silver would literally be worthless. And it would be a thing of saying, all right, the gold and silver is worthless, so uh, why are we doing this? Um, you know, but as far as the timing goes, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I know Ezekiel 719 says, um, uh, speaking about gold and silver as well, Greg, this is really, um, you know, and, and, and really here in speaking in uh, Ezekiel, 
uh, talking about going to battle. It says, when God pours out his wrath, and actually it's probably here rather than Revelation. It may mention it again in Revelation, but he's talking about when the famine and pestilence comes and devours, it says, they shall cast their silver in the streets and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. So it's not Revelation. It's in Ezekiel 7. Speaking about Revelation and the Great Tribulation, it says, they shall not satisfy their souls with this gold and silver It will be uh, because it's the stumbling block of their iniquity. So it's almost like they're putting their hope in gold and silver, and so God's going to make gold and silver worthless because you put your hope in it. Our hope needs to be in the Lord. Here's the bottom line. Look, if we trust in the Lord, God's going to take care of us. I, I, I encourage every listener, take have a two or three weeks' worth of food, have two or three weeks' worth of water, and somewhere at your house ready to go because if everybody freaks out and empties out all the stores, if the economy does collapse, you're going to be able to think for a minute while you're eating, okay? And then you might want to plant on some type of small things you can grow on your back deck or in your garden or whatever the case, so you have some self-sustainability, some water stored away. But But look, we're to do what we can to a certain degree. But it's the Lord that provides for us. Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. And in context, he's talking about the things you need to survive. So I think for the believer, look, if you're an investor, I'm not saying there's never a time for gold and silver. I'm just saying if you think that's going to get you through with your groceries and gas, I think you're mistaken. And the last days will be thrown in the streets. With that said, plan, do your best, trust the Lord. He will provide. He's promised to take care of his people, and I know he's going to do it. So we can rest and rejoice that our God is a good father in heaven and will provide for our needs. But at the same time, use wisdom. I hope that's helpful to some. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who is helping us make sense of the signs of the times. Our weekly take on Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAMLP Knoxville, a weekly broadcast that we have tagged as Podcast number 255, available through all of your popular podcast outlets. And we'd like to thank Bob Johnson Insurance as a supporter of Signs of the Times. Bob Johnson Insurance has been insuring East Tennesseans for over 50 years with over 15 different types of insurance to cover all stages of life. Bob Johnson Insurance, 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. And now, you've got me. It's time for our prophecy question, Pastor Mark. This comes from Jeff, who enjoys Signs of the Times down in Chattanooga. And he has a question regarding the Mark of the Beast. He says, a few weeks ago, we had a one-day conference with the Prophecy Pros at his church. Uh, He says, I had heard many of the things they taught over the years on Signs of the Times, but one thing I heard was a bit different. They said that based on the Greek word used, the Mark of the Beast would be on the skin, not under perhaps a tattoo or something else on the skin. He says, I've read the Prophecy FAQs on the WayMedia.net page. Very good, Jeff. And it says the mark will be stationary, be a stationary device that is placed either on the hand or on the forehead, which seems to imply the same thing. I've always thought it would be some sort of chip-slash-device under the skin, given where technology is headed. Am I wrong in that? Clearly, this isn't a salvation issue, yeah. but inquiring minds are inquiring. Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. Yeah. First of all, we're glad to have you with us. Um, you know, I would say on that, I think it could be either or. I, I would say they may be right, and uh, and, I, and 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 they could be and they could be wrong. Either or. Here's let me explain why. The word there they talked about in the Greek when it says he will have the mark on their hand or the forehead. It's the word epi epi in the Greek, and it literally means upon. That's what it means. So if you read it literally, it would say a mark upon the hand or a mark upon the forehead. So the first conclusion would be well that means it has to be something like a tattoo or something on the outside, and that may be accurate. As a matter of fact, 
Um, there is an advantage to that. We were talking about before the show, looking at your question, an advantage. If the mark is on top of the skin, the advantage to the Antichrist and the forces of those that are trying to enforce his rule, the advantage they would have is, is the moment you looked at somebody, either at their head or their hand, you would know if they had taken the mark. In other words, are you on our side or are you not? Are you submitting or are you running? So there is an advantage to having some type of outward thing you could see. Very possible. They may be right. That may happen. However, with that said, I would only add this caveat. I don't think it means that's the only possibility. I still believe it could be under the skin. And here's why. If I put it on my forehead under the skin, it is still on my, on my head. It's still on. And just because it's under the skin doesn't mean it's no longer upon my head. If I put something under the skin of my hand, it's still upon my hand. It doesn't mean that it's that it's not upon my hand because it's just under the skin. So I think an argument can be made that it still could be some type of chip put under the skin uh, and and under the forehead of you know whatever. It also could be something on the surface. So I, I appreciate the question. It's got me thinking. I've, I've, I've thought about that before, but it got me thinking a little bit more about it, especially looking at the wording there, which we talked about again before. It's interesting because when it says that word there, a P, it's the same word to use uh, used in the Bible to describe the Holy Spirit coming upon the believer. And what makes that especially interesting is even as the Lord has put his spirit upon us and sealed us for salvation. It would imply that the Antichrist is putting his seal, his mark, upon us as well, almost out of his spirit in a weird way. I know it doesn't say it's his spirit, but there's a whole picture here that I think may be a mockery of what God is doing or an imitation of what God is doing by God putting his mark upon us. The Antichrist putting his mark upon us, even as God would do. He's saying, I'm God, worship me, and I'm your God, the only God with whom you have to do, so to speak. Now, This is where I want to bring in, Greg, what I said earlier. I would extrapolate on this in Revelation 13. Um, It is interesting. If we look at what is currently available. Now, there are ideas for tattoos. You can get tattoos that are readable with scanners and all that. But I do know this. Right now, unless something changes, it's leaning more towards something under the skin upon the hand and under the skin upon the forehead than the other. And here's why. Uh, The central bank leaders are talking about this digital currency, the quant. And they're saying they already have a device they're going to use to digitize everyone so they can work with this digital currency. And they're saying that it, at least these are unbelievers when I say this, so be ready for this. They're saying it will be a little microchip under the skin of your hand. So they are planning at this point for the digitized currency and this world system. They already have, and they and they showed it. They said it's about the size of a piece of rice, they said. The guy speaking, he didn't show it, but he said, he said I've seen it. And it's about the size of a piece of rice. It will go under the hand, they're saying, and it would di- it would link you up to your banks and all the digitization of your money and all that kind of stuff, and it's called the quant. Now, that's where we are currently. Could it change? And they go, you know what? We don't like this whole idea under the hand. We're going to change it into kind of a, a mark or a tattoo that's on the skin. Or it could be both. Or both. So, again, I, here's the thing I would say, Jeff. I'm not saying those guys were wrong. They may be right on. Uh, but it may be a little bit more than what they're saying. It may be both or it could be still under the skin and be on the hand and on the forehead. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, a visual marker as well as the embedded technology. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, you know, yeah. it's I, I see I see yeah. a real advantage to seeing exactly. something visibly, but for the Antichrist enforcing this. Yeah, these sinister schemes are high tech. That's right. With the yeah. emphasis on sin, sin, sinister. Yes. Sorry. Exactly. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for your question. If you've got a question like Jeff, we invite you to visit the Signs of the Times section of thewaymedia.net, where you can submit your question like Jeff did for us. Why can't we be 
All right, let's get into some Jew hate, otherwise known as growing anti-Semitism. Yeah. This is from Israel National News. I, I, I like how I like how those in Israel report back on what's happening here in the U.S. I just love this. Yeah. Uh, the FBI <laughs> reveals hate crime, hate crimes at levels not seen in over twenty years, and I've actually started seeing on the mainstream media over the last probably month or two stories just like this in the mainstream media. So yeah. it's gotten to that level where it's obviously, for whatever reason, they're not ignoring it, right. and they're talking about it. Well, and Greg, you know, the reason they report on it over there is there are still more Jews in America than in Israel. Yes. And there are more Jews in New York Amazing. Right, than in Israel. But not forever. Yeah, no, they're shifting. But again, uh, we keep pointing this out because it talks about Zechariah 12 and Matthew 24, that there is going to be a growing hatred of the Jews in the last days. Of course, the church as well. Uh, but the church will be removed at some point, and then they're only going to have the Jews to take their anger out on. But updated data finds anti-Semitic hate crimes against American Jews increased nearly 20%. That's only in 2021. Now think about this. We, we read these reports, Greg. It's been exponential every I know. year. We read these reports yeah. and go, yeah, okay, it went up that much. Okay, it went up that we got to remember, this is just in 2021. That doesn't include all the increases leading up to 2021 or in 2022 or now in 2023. Newly released FBI data found that hate crimes were at a record high in the United States, revealing, as they said, a dangerous pattern. Now, notice this, not seen in over two decades. So <laughs> they haven't seen it grow this fast in over 20 years. It's almost like we're seeing Germany happen all over again, and the world's watching this take place. And, Greg, at the same time we're watching this kind of Germanic growth, Germany, Germanic's probably not the word, but Germanic, Germanic maybe type of, and I'm not picking on the Germans, I'm saying the idea of the world hating the Jews like they did in Germany, we're seeing that kind of growth take place. We're also seeing a greater oppression coming in of dictatorship worldwide, this kind of control of leaders of the world trying to centralize the banks, centralize the government, get everybody to comply and come under, whether it's a shot or something else down the road. You can see the Antichrist literally setting the stage right before our very eyes to take over the world. And by the way, the Bible says that when when we get close to that time, it's going to happen really fast because Satan knows his time is short. Have you noticed how quickly all these things are happening, Greg? I mean, yes. it is like we are fast-tracking yes. prophecy to the end, and yeah. it's exciting and freaky at the same time. So we should be packing our suitcase and yes. heading to the hill, Yeah, well, so to speak. Yeah, I don't think we need to panic. No, I know. Yeah. No. no, I'm thinking in terms of the rapture. Oh, okay. That's what I was oh, oh, yes, talking yes, about. There you go. All right. Not All heading right. to a bunker. Yes, yes. Unless you want to consider, you know, a heavenly bunker, yes. so to speak, That's you right. know, being held out there while everything bad happens here. Yes. All right. All right, let's get into some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and heavy on the corruption. However, this is uh, kind of a weird one. This is from The Hill. A giant seaweed blob. Yeah. Twice the width of the United States. Unbelievable. Is taking aim at Florida. So yeah. it's not just your average seaweed. Yeah, no, this is it's like a movie. Like, it's like the blob. This is, yeah, yeah. it's like a movie. movie. And, and they already have an issues down there now. Greg, Romans 828 talks about the earth groaning. Yes. And this could be some of the earth groaning. What happens, you're going to see more and more of the earth kind of having issues the closer we get to the Lord's return because it's groaning for the Lord's return. This thing is massive. Uh, marine scientists are tracking a 5,000 mile wide seaweed bloom that is so large it can be seen from space. The uh, sargassum blooms are nothing new, but scientists say that this one could be the largest in history. Now, how would they know that? 
we weren't able to see from the air throughout history. I know, but still, I yeah. mean, twice the width of the U.S.? I yeah. Mean, come on. Well, yeah, you, got, you got a point. All right. Gonna... But at last check, it was headed toward Florida's Gulf Coast. Um, grab your family, run screaming is the last thing it says there in italicis. The thick mat of algae drifts between the Atlantic coast of Africa and the Gulf of Mexico, providing a habitat for marine life and absorbing carbon dioxide. But it can also wreak havoc when it gets closer to shore. It blocks light from reaching coral and negatively impacts air and water quality as it decomposes. Now, this brings up kind of the whole climate thing again. Look, these things that are happening, some of these things that are happening are real. But you need to understand the earth is groaning. God said this would happen in the last days. It's not because of man-made whatever. Um, God is holding our environment completely under control. We're not destroying the environment. Uh, we're not the problem. We're not. Our cars aren't doing this. You're fine driving your car. This is nonsense. A lot of it is political. A lot, but here's the thing. I say a lot of it is political, but I'm going to go higher than that. A lot of this, and a lot of it is the earth groaning, but a lot of this is spiritual. Look. What better way to unite the world than some major cause that brings uh, uh, the possible catastrophe of the planet upon the world? Uh, what better way to do that to get everybody to come together and sing, you know, with Michael Jackson, we are the world. Because we've got to come together and save the planet and really kind of say, God, we don't need you. We're going to save it. If we really had concerns and we really knew the right way to approach this, we would be crying out to God. And we'd say, God... You need to save us. And, you know, I think that God's allowing the heat to get turned up around the planet right now, Greg, to drive people to call out to God. Nobody can get us out of all of these problems without God. Nobody. And so the Lord's going to allow this because in the last days he's going to be calling more and more people into the kingdom, saving as many as he can. And so we don't need to be afraid as believers. We rejoice. We're getting closer to the Lord's return. We know he's in control. God's going to keep our environment just fine to take care of us until he takes us home. And um, and yet the world's going to be freaking out about this stuff and and having all kinds of explanations nations as to why it's happening i'm just surprised it wasn't a giant blob of plastic straws that were coming upon yes i mean it could have been florida it could have been i mean it could have been you know just um, uh the the straw monster moving in you know and and coming into whatever yeah well either way it sucks yeah yeah okay so um the bottom line yeah but the bottom line greg you know look i'm not saying that we don't have pollution like like you're talking about plastics and different things yeah but you have to understand, the Lord is going to sustain the planet until he comes and takes us to heaven. And then he's going to judge the planet, which he will He will destroy the climate during that time. Yeah. Great tribulation. God's going to destroy the planet. Then when he comes back in the second coming, he'll restore the planet. And then we will live here with him for a thousand years. And that's what we know. So we can rest and trust that he's in control. We're right on target. And we just keep on preaching the gospel till the Lord takes us out yeah. of here. Well, even Greenpeace acknowledges that some of these plastics, for example, are not recyclable. Yeah. So, um, you know... we. There, there's problems, but it, but the problem isn't necessarily recycling. Yeah, you know the 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 problem is repentance. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, it, is it, that people right. are people are not repenting and turning to Jesus Christ, and yeah. we've got the problems that we've got, yes. no matter what form they take. But you know, historically, God has backed countries and individuals yes. into a corner to get them to break and repent. Yeah. And Greg, God's yeah. He's using this all this right now to do that. And so, praise the Lord for those that are getting saved. We just have to endure it until the Lord comes back and and makes it all right. Right. Absolutely. Oh, well, someone's in the mothership. Yes. This is according to Yahoo.com. The Pentagon, our, not just government, yeah. our military, yeah. believes an alien mothership could be eyeing Earth. Well, we know that's nonsense. Okay, Scotty, beam me up. We got to get out of here. They're starting to figure this thing out. Kirk out. 
Um, yeah, you that know. was. Per- By the way, that was not rehearsed. I had no idea he was going to do that. That's fantastic. Well, what's amazing, uh, Greg? We talked wonderful. about this earlier. That was a compliment to my beautiful daughter. She let me borrow her uh, Starship communicator for, t- for today's broadcast. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, this is amazing. We talked just a while back about how um, you know if you said something about aliens, you were the nutcase. Yes. Think about it. And now, now our government. Well, our government, our Pentagon is saying, yeah. absolutely. Look, I saw Tim Burchett, our, our former mayor, on the news yesterday uh, talking Was about he how. agreeing with that? Saying he has seen these, he believes they're real, he's seen them, and it's time for the American public to know about it. He was with another. He was with another uh, congressman on there with him. He said, "We've seen these films." He said, "It's time for people to know we have visitors." And he said, "Something's going on, so it's time to reveal it." Oh my! Yeah, that was gets us, uh, Tim Burchett. So, so congressman. So again, what I, again? So, and I, Greg, this is real. I'm not saying it's not real. Well, I, I believe, yeah, no, and I agree I with you. I know where he, you're going. Yeah. I believe what he saw was real. I believe some of this stuff they're going to talk about, this mothership stuff is real. Let me get into this and read it. Yeah. Is that somebody get Captain Stephen Hiller uh, on the line uh, ASAP? You know, that's Will from Smith Independence from Independence Day. Day. Yeah. <laughs> In an article published yesterday, March 14th, by Fox News, the outlet revealed that the United States officials think UFOs could visit our planet soon. In fact, the Pentagon has reason to believe an alien mothership is in our solar system ready to explore the Earth. Last week, officials stated that these uh, supposed alien aircrafts could send small probes to our planet in order to study it, similar to how NASA does on missions. Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, uh, and Abraham Loeb, Loeb, the chairman of the Harvard University Astro- Astronomy Department, shared their findings on March 7th. And I quote, an artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes, during its close passage to Earth, an operational construct not too dissimilar from NASA missions. These dandelion seeds, they call them, could be separated from the parent craft by a tidal gravitational force of the sun or by a maneuvering capability, a portion of their findings read. Now, again, here's what's going on. You've got congressmen now, not, not just Carson Burchett, but some others, a guy with him, and others talking about it um, and now the Pentagon saying, yes, these are real. And Greg, I just saw uh, this um, uh, from the, they finally allowed these pilots could, came out and said these Navy pilots, they've been watching these objects that they, they describe as a black box inside of a clear um, uh, container. And, and they're, they're flying by their ships. And they, he said the other he said one actually went between him and another fighter pilot. They, they could have hit him right between them. And they described it as kind of this see-through, almost like the, the, the force field swing of Star Trek, kind of the see-through force field thing, but you could see something with this black box thing in the middle of it. And they're flying around up there, and they can zip back and forth. Nobody knows what they are or where they're coming from. Um, they're, they, they've seen them as all different kinds of things, orbs, little balls, they say. They're all kinds of things. And they're saying they defy the laws of what of just regular what we know in our universe of how things work and all et cetera. And so they're saying these are real. We have it on film. They're talking about it at the Pentagon. You're having congressmen come out and talk about it now. They're not worried about being called crazy. So this is something they're that they're they're coming out and just saying, okay, it's there. And so what is this? I do believe many of these are real. I don't think it's some mothership above the earth. Um, it is demonic. And the Bible, in the last days, the Bible talks about demonic deceptions that, that Satan and the Antichrist will be perpetrating on mankind. Uh, it talks about doing signs and wonders the Antichrist will be able to do, the, the false prophet will be able to do. Um, there's going to be, uh, you know, because of signs and wonders in the heavens, people's hearts failing them from fear or whatever. Mm. Greg, there's even technology now, believe it or not, 
where they can actually project holograms up in the sky from down low that look like a real object flying and do whatever. And they're talking about people could use that to deceive people if they wanted. So there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. I was going to say deception is definitely on the increase. Yes. And so here's what our listeners, now we get back to the Word of God. Look, what yeah. they're seeing um, and what they're talking about is real, but I think it's real demonic. These are Some of them are fake. Some of them may even be, you know, some scientific technology that involves some other things we don't know about, like, you know, possible to project hologram things or whatever. But the bottom line is, um, the ones that are not fake, I believe there's some real ones. There's something that Satan is doing, whether it's angels manifesting themselves, fallen angels, and manifesting themselves in some strange way, whether they have the ability to cause visual, uh, you know, illusions, I don't know. But here's what we do know. The Bible says there are not aliens on other planets. I know that because the Bible says God created the earth. Uh, he says that all sinned and fell short of the glory of God and that Jesus died for the sins of the world. And that would mean that all the other beings out there, if there's any other in the universe, they'd be guilty of sin because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which would mean every one of them are condemned, but they have no hope of salvation because Jesus didn't die for them. He died for mankind. He had to become a man to die for man. He died for the sins of this world, nobody else. So I believe on a biblical basis, I can say with authority, there cannot be aliens on other planets. Now that may upset some of you guys that are up there, you know, wanting to go to the mothership and, and you know, beam me up or whatever type thing, that you may have that. But the reality is, from what we see biblically, it does not appear that that's a possibility. So what does that mean? That means, and if it's real, then what does that mean, Mark? What it means is it is demonic. And this is, I think, Greg, a deception that's going to be um, used by the enemy. Some have even postulated that it might be a deception to unify the world. Uh, some say that, that, that this connection to some of these, they believe these beings are telling them to unite the world. And to deplete the earth, and to deplete the earth's population because they want to come in and establish a new. Interesting. It, the, what yeah. they're saying is that they they put us here years ago, right? We've gone bad. That's Mormon theology. So they right? want to come back. Well, that as well as others. Okay. But you're right. Then they want to come back, r- remove us, you know, reduce Earth's population, slowly kill us off, and working with world leaders to do that. I'm, I'm saying I know yeah. this sounds crazy. This what some are saying out there. Okay, right. I'm not saying that. Um, and the bottom line is. There could be some type of demonic communication going on. There could be some, there's obviously visual illusions going on, yeah. but as believers, we have to say, wait a minute, there aren't flying saucers, there aren't little green men, there's only mankind, Jesus died for mankind, so what's going on? It is a demonic deception, don't be deceived by this, have your eyes wide open, but I think we're about to see a lot more information released by our Pentagon and by our government, and instead of the alien people being the nutcase people, they're going to be the ones that are saying, you guys were right the whole time. You know, we said it before, anymore, Greg, a conspiracy theory is about a year about a year out until until it's not a, a theory anymore right now let me ask you this when it comes to the rapture pastor mark what does the bible say about the rapture in terms of those being raptured yeah it's a good point are the bodies left behind or do the bodies disappear yeah and the reason why i bring that up is because if it is the bodies disappearing Yes. Then I've always held my personal belief is that the rise in believing in UFOs and aliens and whatnot would be used by the world to explain away the mass disappearance of millions of people. Yes. I, Greg, I do believe our bodies will disappear. I think that's the implication. Okay. It, it, scripture, I believe, teaches we'll get our new bodies at the rapture. Okay. So what happens is when it talks about it, it says that the dead in Christ will rise first, and then those who are alive and remain will rise to meet the Lord in the air. It's going to happen so quick, nobody's going to know it but the Lord and maybe us in some kind of spiritual way. But the Lord is doing proper order. We talked about order. Order, yes. Wednesday night. Yes. And the order is, the fair order is, those who died before us, they should get their body first. Then we get ours. So what he's going to do is he's going to just boom. The new bodies are there at the rapture for those that have already died. They're spirits with the Lord now. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't personally believe they have their bodies yet, just their spirit. That's what it means when the dead and cross arise first. Okay. They'll get their new body in resurrection, and then we who are alive and remain will get our new body at the moment we're taken. And so, yes, I believe you're going to see everybody gone. Now, the question comes up, will a bunch of clothes fall to the ground? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they'll be folded uh, like we saw in those shows in the, or whatever. In the movie or Yeah, whatever, but I don't yeah. think that's going to happen, yeah. although I, I get the mindset. Jesus yeah. folded his face cloth. In yes. The, but anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think, Greg, it might be, and, and you've said this before, and I've thought this before, and this is actually something, when we lived in Santa, Santa Fe, New Mexico, they said that the world was going to spit believers out off the planet, you know, to save the planet, Yeah, but that it might be some type of explanation by the, the governments of the world. It was an alien invasion, and they, yeah. took, they took people away. Yeah, and there's enough belief in it, or, yes. or supposed visual proof of it, Yep, that everyone would buy into And while it used to sound crazy, now the Pentagon's saying, nope, this is what's going on. We could be a lot closer than what we think. I think we could be. Yes, we could. All right, let's finish this program with some good news. This is from Christian Headlines. Despite curses by local witches, bad witches, that is not nice Bad, at all. bad, bad. Thousands in Nicaragua accept Christ at a gospel event. Yeah, this is amazing. First of all, the Bible says that no curse will land on the righteous. Uh, yeah. it, you know, so you don't, you don't have to worry about witches and what they try to do there, but this is awesome. Uh, just going right up against in the face of the enemy, salvation of thousands recorded last week at an outdoor gospel campaign in Nicaragua, despite opposition from local witches who attempted to curse the field and block the event by, uh, shake the nation ministries. According to God TV, it was the first to stop, um, uh, first stop was there in Buenos Nuevos, uh, Nicaragua. Uh, they're going to go across 17 regions of Central America. They'll hold mass gospel events at each location, and the largest gospel initiative in history of the ministry is being conducted, of their ministry, is being conducted uh, in partnership with local missions ministry Mountain Gateway. Morris said Nicaragua is ripe for the gospel harvest. He will lead four events in the next two months alone. And again, just be praying for this. This is good news. Be praying for these guys in Nicaragua, God, to use them. Greg, I think we're going to see just masses of people coming in here in the last days getting saved. Uh, you know, our evangelistic team went out this last Thursday. Five people gave their life to the Lord just from that. That's just an evangelistic team going out talking to people on the street. And so you see God moving in hearts. People are getting saved. They're ripe for harvest. Uh, don't be afraid to share with your family and friends. Uh, you know, uh, share, you know, share the gospel. The time is running out and we need, you know, God wants us to bring as many as we can into the kingdom. And even for those listening now, God wants you to come into the kingdom. If you're an unbeliever and you don't know the Lord and God has got your heart right now, know that all you have to do is ask God to forgive you. Uh, to return from your sins, to tell Jesus you believe that he died for your sins, and receive him as Lord. If you do that in your heart, repent, confess, believe he died for you, and then receive him as Lord, the Bible says you'll be saved. And how we need to see, Greg, just the kingdom fill up. It is God's desire that the, that the wedding banquet fill to the brim. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pastor Mark, thank you so much. Uh, let's uh, encourage the people. If you don't have a home church, uh, we invite you to uh, join us here at Calvary Knoxville. Uh, whether it's in person or online, you can go to calvaryknoxville.org to learn about that, uh, where Pastor Mark will be diving into uh, Daniel chapter 11 this Sunday. So more talk about prophecy. Yes, yes. Which is, uh, so if you enjoy that, then we encourage you to come. Uh, but again, God's Word does many things, not just prophetic. So it'll touch your heart no matter who you are. Yeah. And so we invite you to that. In the meantime, uh, we do invite you to stay here. Uh, as WIAM, our radio station, broadcasts 24 hours a day, seven days a week with over 20 different 
pastors and teachers for the Word of God and great music to lead you to the throne room of Jesus Christ. And that's where we hope that you are right now uh, before the Lord, praising Him and loving Him. And we hope, again, that we either see you here in person this Sunday or in your local church, fellowshipping with your believers, and that you come right back and join us next Friday at 1.30 as we continue to discuss and learn how these things happening in our world today are truly pointing to God's Word, God's prophetic Word, is signs of the times. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here next Friday at 1.30.